Hi everyone, welcome to Conservation Chronicles. It's just Jonah here. Um, Mariana couldn't make it to record with me for one more short episode before the end of the year, but I just wanted to um, briefly talk about a couple things that have been on my mind um, as we go into this new year. Um, first, I just wanted to start off by thanking one of our listeners, Rachel, for writing into us um, and, and just sort of taking the time to tell us about her situation and how she pursued a degree in wildlife and has kind of gotten away from the field just because of personal and financial reasons. Um, things we've, we've talked about before and, um, you know, hopefully she's headed back into the wildlife field um, considering graduate school, but I, I thought that um, her email was really timely because right now for those of you that are in the wildlife field, you know that it's a time of year where there's lots of job advertisements as we are leading up to spring and summer. And so a lot of us are you know, challenged to assess how these upcoming advertised positions may fit with our current positions or our current financial situations and whether we can afford to you know, apply to certain jobs. And so I just thought that um, Rachel's email was really relevant at, at this time of year. Um, but, you know, even though there are so many jobs coming up this spring and summer, we, we have to deal with the reality of both the, the competition between each other and the financial competition. And these are things we've talked about before on the podcast, um, especially in our volunteering epidemic episode. You know, there's way too many positions out there that offer little to no pay for work that's really demanding and and deserves pay and the majority of us can't afford to take these volunteer positions and often they're the most attractive positions which is why a lot of these projects put them as volunteer because they know someone out there will want to do them um and so you know this issue of inequitable compensation is is a a very serious problem in the wildlife field like we've talked about before Um, and it's for a variety of reasons and it it doesn't just apply to to volunteer positions even though that's kind of what we pick on as the the greatest example of this you know i there's a lot of because there's a lot of positions being posted now i I look at them and i kind of when i look at positions now i i keep this in my mind, um, this idea of this inequitable, inequitable compensation for, you know, different, um, levels of demanding work. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying this to, um, sort of belittle positions that don't require as much work, but it's, it's the reality of it. Some positions are hazardous and require a lot of work compared to others. And, and the pay should, should, ideally reflect that um you know there's a lot of these avian point count positions that i've seen you know generally from specific organizations that can pay like three thousand dollars a month where these other positions you know that are hazardous and require working in remote areas or capturing large mammals you know they're salaried at less than half of that for a month and um, i just really take issue with that not only because I've experienced those positions, but um, because it's just not equitable. Um, 
and you know this it, it really has to do with a lack of standards when we're talking about pay in the wildlife field and it needs addressing and I don't think that enough people are, are talking about this um, you know I don't know how we can resolve these issues but I think that um, keeping projects and those that budget for projects accountable is a big one you know if projects can afford to buy new equipment every year just because they have excess money in their budget or they can you know keep up the the best quality vehicles um, and gear every year they can afford to pay their employees what we're actually worth and um this is just an issue that is is rampant in our field and I think needs to be addressed. And so, you know, we've talked about this all before if you've listened to our volunteering epidemic episode and I've I know it's resonated with several people I've talked about or talked with um and that's not unique to them. Um and you know, at the same time while a lot of people are searching for seasonal jobs coming up or permanent jobs um, there's also a lot of other people that are exploring the option of graduate school and the role of graduate school in the wildlife field is something that's been on my mind for a while now um, especially because I'm in graduate school working on my masters and you know my ideas on what I'm about to discuss are, are still evolving but I just kind of wanted to share some of my conclusions thus far sort of as a, a piece of advice for those that are considering this option. Um, and of course I can only speak from my own experience and you know what I'm familiar with and of course I'm generalizing but I've observed that wildlife undergraduates are constantly sort of um, bullied into this apparent need to go to graduate school and I think that this kind of top-down peer pressure meaning um, you know we're, we're sort of getting this information from professors or, or other employers superiors or whatever that are, are telling us how we need to go to graduate school um, I think it's it's harming the profession in several ways, generally speaking, and so I wanted to talk about these um, as people are, are sort of considering this option. So, you know, first, this, to use some extreme <laughs> language, this brainwashing about graduate school causes young wildlife students or young wildlifers um, to value the the actual degree itself instead of the process that you went through to acquire that degree and you know it's kind of corny but it's it's not it's the journey that matters not the destination and I think that 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 idea is foundational when we're talking about a especially a master's degree in wildlife um, you know and as I see it and I'm definitely not alone one of the main purposes of a wildlife master's degree is to be part of that scientific process and so when I'm saying the scientific process I'm talking about the scientific method where you're observing something you're asking a question about it you're hypothesizing about it 
you're testing that hypothesis, you're making conclusions, and then communicating those conclusions. And, you know, in there, depending on what your results are, you might be going back and creating another hypothesis and testing it again. And, um, and so going through this, uh, this process is obviously important scientifically, but it also allows graduate students to experience the trials of developing and implementing a field study and also just working in collaboration or consultation with others whether it be the the graduate advisor um, technicians they may have working on their project under them or fellow graduate students or even other stakeholders and this is all supposed to be part of that that process you know we're not just getting a degree to get a degree we're getting this degree to go through this experience so we can grow as scientists, um, you know, develop our, the way we think about these principles in science, the way we think about conservation. You know, we're not just doing this for the heck of it. Just like we've talked about before, we're not just doing research for the sake of research. Of course, there needs to be this um, ultimate conservation purpose behind this research. But also one of the purposes is to develop, to develop you yourself as a professional. And unfortunately, the, the brainwashing that I'm talking about, where we're just constantly told that we need to go to graduate school, it's largely removed these considerations from the minds of pers prospective students. And this is where it, it's harmful because prospective students only see the end goal. They just see the master's degree because I'm told this is what I'm supposed to get. And so that's why I'm here. That's what I'm here because I was told I was supposed to. Um, and so they're just looking at the degree and maybe it's accolades um, rather than the journey that it took to get there, which is the whole point. Um, or, and I mean, not or, actually this is sort of and, they just see it as the fulfillment of societal expectations, you know, meaning our society the, as wildlife professionals within that, um, that group of people. And then, of course, um, the pursuit of a master's has largely been fueled by the job market, um, which increasingly requires this level of education for positions. And so I don't really want to talk about how the bachelor's degree has lost its, lost its value because that's especially not unique to the wildlife field. But, it, you know, it, it's perfectly reasonable for employers to require masters, a master's degree or higher, depending on the position, um, because there's an expectation that, you know, students that have gone through graduate school will have gone through this process that I'm talking about and they'll be adequately prepared for the position, whether it's um, prepared you know, scientifically the way they think about science or just as far as their practical experience or management and administrative experience or just how to deal with challenges and be um, adaptive, which is, is such a huge thing in our field. But the catch here is that, um, you know, undergraduates that have been brainwashed 
feel the need to immediately pursue a master's. And, you know, when you come from a large university where you may not have gotten a lot of field experience, um, you know, during the summers or you might not have been encouraged to, you may end up going into graduate school with almost no practical experience or very little for helping you to develop your project. Um, That is if the project isn't just handed to you by an advisor for you to be a puppet um, and then sort of robbing you of the opportunity to go through that scientific process, which is uh, very um, unfortunate and increasingly common thing with wildlife uh, graduate degrees. But then then there are, you know, fledgling wildlifers with bachelor's or master's degrees when they finish graduate school, but they don't really have any real-world experience. You know, they their practical experience might be only limited to their master's degree. And that's not to belittle the experience that they got there, but it's just a very limited experience as they're going into the workforce. Um, and so, you know, that having that graduate degree alone might give this person a competitive advantage over someone who only has a bachelor's, but maybe they've, you know, been doing field work for many years longer. And, you know, when one of the qualifications is a master's degree, that may set them apart, even though they have next to no practical experience. And, and this is an issue. And, you know, it could cause, and, and I've experienced this, it could cause people to go into higher positions, you know, above just because they have a master's degree and they don't have this practical experience. And so they're sort of removed from the technical challenges um, that people in the field face. And so they can't they can't relate to um, the inferior employees and the challenges they have, and they have certain expectations that aren't realistic. And this can this can lead employees to resent their superiors because they just are so far removed from the realities of the fieldwork. And I think this is just another way that um, this whole idea of, of pushing for graduate school immediately um, without gaining experience can be harmful to the profession. And then, of course, when you're working on a team that's dealing with a superior like that, it just is um, harms morale, um, among many other uh, interpersonal issues. So, of course, I'm generalizing. I just want to keep reiterating that. But you know, the the situation that I'm describing is is common, um, and I've experienced these things. And so. You know, there's there's some extreme cases where going immediately into graduate school um, causes major issues related to the project or personnel. And these are actually some of the examples that Marianne and I have described in our research ethics or our um, taking care in the field episodes, you know, where someone doesn't have a lot of relevant practical field experience, or maybe they have a lot of field experience, but it's not in any way relevant to their graduate degree, then they end up getting technicians in their position or on their projects that maybe have more experience, um, which, you know, creates a sort of hierarchy conflict, um, 
or graduate students are just ill-prepared for the things they're going to deal with in the field, and then you get animal welfare being compromised, like we've talked about before, that horrible otter project that I worked on. Um, you know, animals end up dying because these graduate students aren't prepared, and, and that's, you know, that's in some ways, depending on the situation, could be a function of the system, but it could also just be the neglect of a graduate advisor, and so, you know, it's it's very case specific, um, or you have, you know, the welfare of the the field personnel being compromised, like we we've talked about, because um, it's you know important to to take care of yourself in the field, but you know if you're a leader, um, the leader of a team, which graduate students often are, um, they need to you know take the welfare of their team into consideration. And if you if they haven't been sufficiently prepared or had experience in working in the field, they may not know how to do this well, and it could lead to issues. So basically, the the point that I'm getting at is don't pursue graduate school solely because of professional or societal pressures. You know, I think it's it's far healthier in your career and for our profession um, as a whole if. You know, people, especially, you know, people that have just gotten their bachelor's degree to go out there into the workforce and gain experience um, so that you develop your skills and you hone your interests because so many people, because they're told that they have to go to graduate school, they just, you know, take whatever pre-prepared carrot is dangled in front of their their face to, to be blunt and like I said, oftentimes that's a project that's basically already set up and a graduate student is just a puppet for the advisor. And that's that's harmful for the student and our whole profession and, and the academic system. And so, you know, by going out and getting experience, you have opportunity to grow professionally and personally, which then in the future, you know, I'm not saying that there's this magic, you know, perfect amount of time between your degrees um, that's that's something that you have to discern but going out and getting experience will help you to end up in a graduate position that you're best suited for and and that you're most gonna that you're going to enjoy most um, rather than just taking whatever comes at you whether you're interested in it or not and you know for many listeners that may seem ridiculous but it, it's something that I see on a daily basis where I go to graduate school. Um, You know, I I find it really concerning that these foundational issues that threaten the wildlife profession are seldom, if ever, addressed. And, you know, they definitely deserve addressing beyond this podcast platform because it's not like we have the world's attention on this show. But, you know, I have an an inclination to blame... um, the academic system, just because I have a lot of other qualms about their corruption and stuff that I won't go into, but it's it's also employers and individuals our, ourselves that have to be held accountable. You know, ultimately we have to increase our capacity to think critically about these issues and and all the issues we talk about in this podcast. That's that's why we have this podcast so people could. Um, learn and start to think more about things that you might not hear about in the mainstream 
and this you know developing this capacity to think critically is, is some somewhere that I think our academic system has failed um, and that's just a, a much larger cultural issue as well so in, in closing you know I'm not trashing a pursuit of a higher education which I think a lot of people would take my criticisms that way and that's that's unfortunate because I'm trying to make these constructive criticisms and they're all based on my observations um, so I'm, I'm encouraging listeners you know those of you that are looking at jobs or graduate school or, or the next step to just stop and think why do I want to pursue or maybe why am why am I pursuing a graduate degree and I find myself asking this question very frequently um, but you know I knew the answer before I I went into graduate school um, you know the master's degree I'll eventually eventually get is as um, this might sound stupid to, to some people but you know it's it's really a by, a byproduct for me I, I didn't go into this with the intent of course I knew I would end up with a master's degree but that's not why I went back to school for me going back to school was really a means to an end it was the only way for me to make my saddleable stroke project happen um, and so that's why I did it and I'm not saying that I don't value higher education that's just not why I'm in this I, I'm in it for for the journey and, and the product rather than um, that degree that I'm going to get handed at the end I, I to be perfectly blunt I could I could care less about that I, I care about the project and, and the work I'm doing and I think that um, I wish that that sentiment was was more prevalent than it is in the wildlife field right now for for graduate students um, and I'm not trying to you know toot my own horn at all um, you know, I'm, I'm really grateful for the experience in the field that I've gained since I, well, while I was under undergraduate and since I graduated with my bachelor's. And I'm, and I'm thankful to, for the people that have given me that opportunity. But, you know, as an undergraduate, I was exactly what I'm describing, you know, brainwashed, for, for lack of a better term. You know, I, I fell into this line of thinking that I'm criticizing here. I, I thought that I needed to pursue a master's degree without even thinking critically about it. It's just what I've been told. And I, I was trying to get into graduate school when I was towards the end of my bachelor's. And, you know, fortunately, a, a position just never happened. And I had some foresight to turn down some positions. Um, because it, it allowed me to sort of not only just break free from this mainstream thought and these these pressures and think more critically, but it allowed me to develop my skills through my experience and really hone my interests. And if I had immediately gone into graduate school, I would, one, be and obviously be in a different place in my life, um, personally and professionally, but I would have ended up somewhere that I would have soon realized I didn't want to be. I, you know, my background is in in large mammal work, especially large carnivores, and 
you know, after a few years of doing that work, I, I realized it's not what I want to do. It, I want to do something that's, um, I, I just want to do something else. And I, I would have never come to this place. Maybe I would have, it just would have happened very differently. Um, so I'm just, I'm grateful that I took the time. And so I'm to, before I went back to school and I hope that others will, you know, after listening to this, maybe think, think, think about these things um, before you, you make a decision about going back to graduate school. Um, and, you know, maybe for you, it is the best thing for you to go immediately into graduate school. Maybe you have experience. Um, but I think the more, ex- and obviously we're also told this all the time, the more experience, the better. And I think that really applies before you're going into graduate school. So um, with that, this kind of random episode on my thoughts, um, just wanted to wish everyone a happy new year from me and from Mariana, who's not with me here, and just wish everyone the best as we enter into this job application season for those of you in the wildlife field. Um, And yeah, you will hear from us in 2020. Can't believe it. Um, So if you want to get in touch with us um we appreciate our listener emails you can email us at conservationchronicles at gmail.com or we're on instagram or facebook you could also visit our website conservationchronicles.podbean.com to listen to other episodes you know ones that i referenced here if you haven't listened to them like the volunteering epidemic um, research ethics taking care in the field definitely recommend them i think they're some of our our best episodes um, that are very relevant and yeah or you could find um, other episodes on whatever podcast platform you look for so thanks for listening